right, we're ready for action. Go for it. Keep chugging podcast episode 24 24 are we 24 24 buddy 24 man that's this is a this has been a solid couple weeks for us and we've been we've just been hate hate to say the phrase but chugging along damn puns bro puns see what i did there dude that was a dad joke supreme i know and i I don't even have any kids that's you know what's fucking awesome is that that will make a nice, you know, well, it's not an even number, but you know what I'm saying? 25 is going to be our, our post NAM show, which, which yeah. should be like a, that should be a big one, man. That one, that's going to be a two parter. I, I guarantee it. I'm hoping that, um, cause I'm, we, I think between all of us, we're going pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that we're going to get some fucking amazing details on some of this shit. That has already been previewed out of um, just Instagram alone. Oh my god, I dude, I I just commented on Ormsby's post of their booth, and I was like, "You guys need to stop it." I can only get so erect right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Between, um, sorry, I'm in the middle of eating a cookie. I swear, every time that we do the podcast now, I have to have a cookie. That's a, that's a podcast thing. Oh, so I need to, I'm going to throw this in there, uh, even though it's way before we get to that point. Um, sure. But uh, I put a question mark next to Arachnid because I couldn't figure out where the fuck they were. And they just commented uh, that there will be in Hall E 2049. There you go. That dude, bro, if you want to talk to somebody about speaker cabinets and killer and like what the Hertz range for every speaker is like. He'll fucking he's knowledgeable as fuck. That's good. That's cool. I mean, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to meeting this guy because their cabs are they're they're Ridiculous. awesome. Ridiculous. Um so all right, so let's uh, let's fucking talk Nam, bro. Uh, I I wanted to get some some uh basic uh convention things out of the way like how to avoid Nam thrax and uh how to survive the weekend without ending up with back pains, uh <laughs> calf pains and foot pains. Uh I started pounding um, emergencies, you know, so there's a nice yep. fresh amount of vitamin C in my body. Yep. And uh, Namthrax is real. Don't let anybody fucking tell you different, but Namthrax is 100% real. And with all the hands and all the hugs that, that you do, like, somebody's going to give you something. Fuck yeah. I mean, and it's like having a, a weird night with a hooker. You know, you're like, ah, was it worth it? Yeah, probably. Or, or a regular night with a hooker. Hey, whatever, dude. It, it whatever. Could, I, I mean, if, if you're if you're on the budget, we are. That that's what we can afford. Fair enough. They, <laughs> I, we can't afford the weird shit. I don't know. No. <laughs> but yeah, uh, rub and tug. Oh God, good old fashioned <laughs> rub and tug. I told uh, I told Mike from. Uh, uh, um, Omega that, uh, he said, you know, he's only going to be given fist bumps. He's not going to be doing handshakes to avoid an anthrax. And I asked yeah. him about ass grabs and he said, if I bring him a burrito, I can grab whatever I want. So I told him, don't be fucking weird. If I show up with a goddamn burrito to your booth, because I'm going to be expecting somebody to put out. <laughs> okay. So on the real talk, cause I was actually talking to my, to my manager, literally, um, maybe 30 minutes before jumping on the cast and stuff like that, stuff like. Yo, if I fucking bring you a burrito, like that's the kind of shit that you kind of have to do to get these A and R reps to remember you. 
Oh, without a doubt. I, I wasn't joking. I'm bringing the guy a fucking burrito. Now, whether I yeah, grab yeah. his ass or not, I don't, he'll really remember me if I do that. But I don't know if it's for the right reasons. I mean, at the end of the day, like, making those contacts and making those relationships is one of the main reasons I go to NAM. Yep. And the best thing to do is be a dude. Go and be a dude. Don't show up and fucking be a rock star. Don't show up and be thirsty. Like, don't try to fucking... Sneak in their DMs like you're on Instagram. Like, don't do that shit. Like, show up, be a dude, have a good time, nerd the fuck out, and that's basically it. Like, that's the best advice I can give anybody. I, I think that's that's great advice. I mean, you know, and and for me, see, and here's the thing, like, you know, to your point to being thirsty, like, I'm not good at asking for handouts, you know, for me, it's just like, yeah. I just want to go hang out. Now, if mm-hmm. it becomes something like, especially with us, with the podcast here, I'd love to get my hands on some gear to review it. I mean, purely, be, you know, not just purely for the fact that, you know, I want to be able to play cool stuff and, and demo cool stuff and gear it, but, but as well to give, you know, people the attention. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I don't think Omega needs our help, but you know, fuck dude, it's, it's just more, positive feedback for stuff you know mm. and, and the smaller guys you know there's that's another thing is the smaller guys that are just starting out that are real little i mean you know what was it last year when we found uh uh guitar marie that they kind of like they were a lot smaller at least in my opinion or to my eyes last year no, than this year they're fucking you know they blew got, up artists everywhere i mean you know stuff's going down so i mean not to say that we had any sort of hand in that whatsoever but you know that's i want to be part of you know getting companies to that point just getting attention you know i mean for these these little guys that are doing stuff like this and you know out there to competing against you know what for guitar marie we'll say seymour duncan a company that's been around fucking forever i mean that's a powerhouse of competition so i mean to keep these little guys in business and and you know growing and stuff like that i just want to be a part of that just for their support you know because it's cool to see somebody dedicate you know their life and their time to something you know so heavily uh you know know, that's that's like i said i hate i hate coming back back to the conversation i just had with my manager but that's why he's like yo go spend a full day in hall d like straight up go spend a full day in Hall D, because those dudes are the guys that are like us, that are are nerdy dudes that just love talking gear and are looking for like somebody to talk to about their stuff. Exactly. And as much as like as much as I guess it'd be Hall B or Hall A, depending on like um, where they set up. But like Ibanez, they're gonna get pounded by two to three hundred dudes probably every day. Being like, yo, like, let me get an endorsement. Let me get a guitar. Let me get this. And it's like, that's not how you approach somebody. Like, they're going to be tired. They're going to be worried about making sure that their artists are happy first. Right. Go be nerdy in Hall D. Like, Hall D's where the fucking, as, like you said, like, it's hard to ask for stuff. Like, don't show up going to, don't show up to NAM thinking you're going to be there to ask for shit. Show up to NAM and try to have a good time. Like, make friends, dude. I mean, this, yeah. this, this, that's what it's about because, I mean, you know, the, the, the music industry, the support of the music industry, the people who are involved in the music industry. I mean, you know, guys like us who, you know, play ba- bands and stuff like that. It's, you know, networking is a, a big deal. And, you know, if, if for nothing else, 
you know, if for not for networking, not for the bands, not for support, anything else, go there and make friends because you're you're going to a place like Nam with you know basically like minded people, people who are interested in gear, you know, especially mm-hmm. the vendors who you know really invest their time in what they do, like Arachnid or Guitarmory or you know Strandberg or or any of those companies that really invest in that. You know, if you have an interest in gear you're going to bond with these people, you know, and, and just to yeah. do that for me, it's just, I just go to make friends, man. I like talking to people. I mean, fuck, that's why we're here doing this podcast. Cause I can't shut right. the fuck up. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's fine. And that's totally okay. Like, that's the thing, like finding, finding the dudes that you kind of connect on gear with, especially when you hit them, hit them again in like three weeks with that email and they're looking forward to that email. They're like, yo, I like they, that, you know, that, that name rings a bell or like that you really made an impact with them. Like, that's when it matters. Like, Nam is four days, and after those four days, you should feel like you accomplished something. Not like, oh man, I'm I'm gonna go home and 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 I'm gonna have like piles of gear waiting for me. Like, that's not that's not realistic. Like, be realistic. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, anyways, let's let's look at my list here of of yes, things to please. see at Nam, and I want to start a fucking great list to uh to get started so you know what you're looking for as soon as you hit the floor oh yeah and and i want to say um you know in in no order specific whatsoever i I will say the only reason that uh the the reason fortin made it to the top of uh let's let's call out my mistake by the way nam 2k16 um Fuck, dude. Um, Fortin to the top because Fortin was in the forefront of my mind, and I'll tell you why Fortin's in the forefront of my mind. I have I have no I haven't checked or anything like that, um, but somebody told me that they're supposed to have a tube pedal powered power amp, and as you know, Ooh. I'm in the market of replacing my rack mount tube power amp. Uh, mm. I love the rack. Uh, excuse me. I love the rack mount tube power amp. However, the thing weighs. As much as a fucking tube amp. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, to the point of having a easy portable rack, it's really defeating the purpose for me. Love the way it sounds, (laughs) but it's fucking, I know, and I know you've said shit before too, so it's fucking, you know, you're right. It it is, and I, you know, I got it. That bitch is on wheels, isn't it? Yeah, it is on wheels, and it's still heavy as fuck, (laughs) dude. So I was looking at the Duncan uh, Power Stage, and I was thinking the 170, because Gear Gods did reviews with a decibel meter, and the 170 was only a few dB shy of the 700. But, I mean, we're talking, you know, 120 dB or whatever was coming up. Something that sonically is louder than a whole fucking band that you would never need to be up at that point. Anyways. Right. So I'm looking at it, and I'm I'm scrolling through the Fractal uh, page, I believe it was. And a guy posted his, uh, you know, a picture of his rig. And it was the, the AX8, the floor model. And the uh, 170. And so I asked him because, you know, I haven't tried it before. I've seen videos. You can watch videos all day long. But until you get your hands on the stuff or, you know, you get in front of somebody who's had it, you really don't you really don't know. And even for my application, I need my thing to be loud enough for a practice with both Dawn of Eternity, which is mm-hmm. more mellow in comparison to Inhuman Atrocities. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, that, that shit's aggressive as shit and it's really loud. You know, we got the eight strings, so it's sonically really low too. Mm-hmm. I need it to be able to cut through. And so that's why I've been digging around really hard this week, just trying to, you know, see cause tax returns coming and that's what I got my eyes on. Yeah. Um, 
So the guy that said that said Fortin was coming out with one that was, you know, he didn't have a lot of details. And me being, you know, I just being caught up this week, I haven't gotten to dig into whether it's happening, if it's a rumor or what. So that's why Fortin's on the top of my list, because the guy makes awesome amps, awesome pedals. I mean, you know, he's worked with awesome people and stuff like that. And I've seen him through his Instagram, you know, commenting on stuff, you know, actively like a real person. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a lot of hype. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see one, if that rumor's true and two, if it is there to, to try it out because, yeah. you know, I, for example, the Fortin 33 pedal, you know, he sold, I think when he was making them, he sold them for 200 bucks. Those, those fuckers he's not making anymore, at least for right now. And they're mm. selling for like a thousand bucks on, you know, reverb or whatever. So. It's funny that you said that because literally like when I think we talked about it sometime yesterday or sometime last night mm-hmm. and just randomly I was I was on the toilet and I'm like let me just fucking look up Ford and 33 and there's I think the lowest run right now is going for like 600 bucks. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean and uh it's a great pedal. Um I, I, you know, I borrowed Frank's, uh, both his 33 and his grind. Personally, I preferred the grind more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it just comes down to a, a lot of what you're playing. And anyways, I could waste this whole fucking podcast talking about that. So I'm going to let us move <laughs> on. But that's why Fortin ended up on the top of my list. So uh, going down the list, uh, I put Duncan on there. Yeah. For now, the, and th- that's that, and then, like you just said, with the power, with the power, um, with the power section, you're you're gonna decide between seeing the Fortin in person, right? And and the the Duncan power, is it power, power stage? stage? Yeah. Two reasons for heard, Duncan. Uh, not just it. that, but also Wes's uh, Jupiter pickup. Right, right. We need to check that out. So you know, I want to I want to see that. So that was two reasons why I put Duncan on there. Schechter, which wasn't there last year, and uh, we were talking about this in our in our. In our uh, group chat uh, with Javi, uh, you know, mm. some of the new models, like the, uh, the I don't know, it puts up as the GR, but I think it's like the Raptor. Uh, that model looks fucking just sexy. And one mm. showed up at the local guitar center in Brea. Uh, of course, it's been two weeks, so it's trashed now. But it was brand new yeah. the day that I played it. It was fucking, like, right out of the box. I was like, you know, it, it has the little sticker on it that says, you know, set up to play, which they always say that. But this one... I was pleasantly surprised. So I don't know if it was the guitar, the setup, or what, but uh, I need to see Schechter. <laughs> uh, oh, and then Legator. So, I mean, I think me and you, we talked about that, you know, uh, with Mel, and we've had a few other conversations. You know, we need to get over to Legator for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a full... Legator is going to be one of those places that I definitely think we're going to stop a couple times because... Oh, without uh, a doubt. You know, Mel obviously is going to be there. Um, Jacob will be playing. He'll be doing a demo. Right. Um, I got the notification that both of the guys from Interloper, Miles and Andrew, will both be doing a demo there. Yeah. So there's plenty of reasons to stop by and check out what they're working on. Definitely. Um, And, you know, uh, Ligator's really supported a lot of artists that aren't as big, we'll say. You know, I, I feel like... The one thing that I like about them is, you know, they have a lot of artists that, you know, are up and coming. And that's mm-hmm. cool to me that, you know, uh, you know, I mean, of course, Miles and, 
and Andrew are probably a little more well known now. Um, but you know, you look at like archaic like that, those guys, you know, they have uh, Legator, a lot of like deathcore as it's coming up, you know, very, maybe me being the deathcore guy. That's why I keep gravitating back to this because they support all these, they've got all these fucking crazy ass 9,000 string guitars and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and they look cool as shit, you know? Um, I've owned a few secondhand in the past and, um, you know, I, I haven't been too big of a fan of those models. However, they were lower end models and they were secondhand, so they weren't well ca- cared for. So sure. uh, I'm looking forward to that, you know, especially, you know, m- hang out with Mel, you know, see Jacob and, uh, I, I believe both of those guys from, uh, from in ghosts are demoing, right? That's correct. Yeah, so I'm excited for those guys. For them, you know, again, back to the making friends thing, as well as, you know, a lot of good demos over there at Legator. So. And, and as well for us, you know, try to get our hands on, you know, some Legator gear for the podcast and uh, promo the shit out of it for them. Definitely. Um, Ibanez, of course, because I'm an Ibanez guy. And actually, let's, let's stay with Ibanez for a second, because you recently uh, acquired a few that you like. Oh, I grabbed the seven from you. Right, and then I grabbed an eight from another another. Um, we'll say uh, we'll say acquaintance. Yeah. Let's see. How do I how do I say this? I was looking at uh, the, here. Here's what's got me on Ibanez right now, is I was really looking at grabbing a PRS Mark Holcomb. Right. And I was talking to a guy that runs a guitar Instagram page, and told him like, "Look, like you're selling this Holcomb. Like I'm really torn between." this Holcomb and a particular Ibanez, and he got into, like, well, what Ibanez? And I told him it was the FRIX-6. It's the iron label. It's almost like their telly shape, but not really. Fucking amazing guitar. And the dude straight up was like, yo, don't grab the the Mark Holcomb. Grab the one that you're talking about, because I regret selling that, and and he got the Holcomb for it. Ah, well. Once he said that, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pull the trigger on, on the Ibanez because it seems like everybody keeps telling me like that's the way that, that I should go. That's the way that it should be. It, that's the guitar I should really be trying out. I, I, I agree, and I think I'm one of those people because I had an FR a while back, an FR Prestige, and uh, I just, God, I kicked myself so hard for not hanging on to that bad boy because, man, it was just, it was such a fucking great guitar. I don't even remember what I did with it. I think what the fuck did I do with it? I don't even remember, but I traded it for something. Um, but yeah, Cause, cause, yeah, his, 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 um, his thing was they're, they're so well-made they're made, they're made to work, but they're, they're absolute workhorse guitars and their build quality is up there with the prestige stuff, but at almost a third of the price, I guess. Yeah. Well, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, with all that, I, th- I feel like with all that in mind, I'm definitely going to Nam in the mindset that like that guitar or at least that line of guitars um, is going to be something I need to get my hands on and really like sit with it for a minute because it, like you're at Nam and it's not the most like as much you're at Nam to check out instruments, it's not really the most like comfortable place to try certain things out. And Ibanez definitely sets it up that way where. There's not really a place to hear or test or do anything except like 
yo, that's a nice guitar on that wall hanger. Yeah, and I'm sure to some degree, well, you know, the the booth size is probably limited, but that's probably on purpose because, you know, uh, as an example, the Kiesel booth usually has a good place to try stuff out, and Mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, it's cocked with people. I mean, you know, just lines of people trying to sit down on their little amps and jam on stuff, and you can't even get into the booth to look at stuff a lot of times because it's so damn crowded with people sitting there, you know, busting a guitar center on some of their stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love to try stuff out, and, you know, I'm just as guilty, um, but I think it's probably calculated to do it that way so that it discourages, you know clustering and their booth still gets clustered with fucking people i mean it's ibanez you know so yeah that and that's the thing like that's uh like we'll get into the the subject of the um uh what i'm not sure how to put it other than fucking uh the plague of crowds or plague of people (laughs) yeah dude no joke but um but yeah like i i feel like they do design some of the booths to make sure like look like you can check out what we got but that's all you're going to be able to do. Right. Um, and there are those booths that are set up to be like, yo, come in, come hang out. Like, this is a hangout space. Like, Hall D. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't feel like Hall or the Guitar Hall, whatever you want to call it, I don't feel like a lot of those guys set it up to do that. They set up to, like, look, this is what we have. We hope you like it, but you're not here to fucking hang out and take our time i like i know that might sound one-sided but that's how it feels sometimes yeah and i mean and and i don't blame them even the least bit because you know again for that reason it gets really clustered i mean you know with with stuff and you know they're showcasing new products and stuff like that i mean you know not just for artists but for vendors as well to carry them in their stores to sell them and stuff like that so you know to to me you know it's great to sit down and want to play everything, but I just like checking the stuff out to know what's coming, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Cause, um, cause like you were saying with, with like Fortin, like Fortin, you have to have some kind of audio uh, audible sound to be able to check out what their gear is. I think with a lot of the pedal companies, it's the same thing, but stuff like Earthquaker has it set up very well where there's a headphone amp or there's a, yeah. or there's a small like practice amp where you don't need, you know, two 412 stacks with with uh 100 watt amps like you just need to hear what the product is um exactly and that's almost easier to do with some of those because you know these 100 watt amps you know especially tube amps you kind of got to crank them to really hear how they sound and you i fucking i got a quick one to run by you i have never uh like i spent this whole like i took the week off from work to do nam but i also took the week off from work to do tracking for for the record right i've never fucking track guitars like the dude the producer had me cranking it to like like past 12 o'clock jesus christ uh through a 412 and a 212 no attenuation just in a room nothing fucking just fucking cranked, cranked. Wow. and i was like i mean that's the tone and he was like yo that's the fucking tone there. Like, that's how you fucking get this to be wild. Like, be like, don't be afraid to turn it up. I'm like, dude, I don't even practice this loud. Like, we don't, right. we, don't we don't go over like two and a half, three. And he's like, no, you want to get those tubes working. You want to get those speakers like moving back and forth. Like, we have the room. Let's crank this bitch. And I was like, all right. Let, let, I guess I guess we're doing that. So, interesting. 
Dude, it was nuts. I've never, never cranked my amp that loud because we really haven't had a lot of space to do that. Right. In your guys' studio, you'd fucking hit the brown note and shit your pants. Like, Yeah. We were, dude, the walls were moving and it was glorious. That's fucking awesome. But that's probably where quality tone comes from, man. It makes yeah, sense. I agree. You I know, agree. And, make and, those and tubes work. Super, super proud to say that my 6534 was the one that the producer was all about. It's like we had a um, sweet amp. We had the orange uh, Thunderverb and we had uh, a Bogner Shiva. Um, the 6534 and then an Ignator Vengeance. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's the 34. Like, without a doubt, it's the 34. No, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am I wish I could say I was surprised, but I'm not even in the least bit surprised. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, fig- I figured you'd like that little, that little uh, guitar nerdist stuff. Oh, without a doubt. Um, so, moving on. Um, Abassi concepts. Um, very excited to see that. I'll tell you, um, uh, his guitars last year, you know, it's under, I, it, they're doing a different builder now, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they, uh, he moved it from, I want to say from Taiwan to Korea or from Korea to Taiwan. One of those is right. Something along those lines. There was something there. And uh, he's back again with, uh, you know, it's same but different. Um, I'm excited because I liked the other stuff. I liked his Ibanez model, um, you know, was really cool. I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, I'm a fan of the really out there looking stuff. Um, and uh, it was, re- I played it the, the first year that they had it there. It was really comfortable. So I'm looking forward to that booth, definitely. Well, I want to see what, what um, in a weird way, I want to see what the Abasi, or the, yeah, it's the Abasi design is all about. Because... He's got this ergonomic thing where, yes, it's eight string, but it's super reachable or it's super yeah. like, like the way that he has it cut, he's like, yo, like this is, this is something that I don't know. I don't want to say traditionalist, but I'll, let's just say current. Cause I feel like what Abasi is doing is very next level. It's very future. Yep. Uh, he's like the, the problem was everybody based making extended ranges with the current body shape that we're all dealing with. Right. He's like, he's, he flat out said, he's like, it's not, I don't want to say ergonomical, but it's something like that. It's not ergonomical to base what you're doing in the conventional body shape and then try to just add strings. He's like, it doesn't make any sense if you're trying to do more than just chug. And it, when he showed how, how it made sense, I was like, I don't know why this isn't something more people didn't gravitate towards. I think that that right. comes back to that comes back to the granddad Gibson mindset where it's like I don't like I don't like change. Why we don't we don't do change in this in this industry. Right, exactly. And you know, I, it, you know, it makes sense. I mean, you know, it's very different. I mean, it's the it's things changing. So 
you know, uh, if there's something else out there that can be done to to make this stuff, you know, more comfortable or, you know, more effective, efficient, you know, with playing and stuff like that, you know, somebody should explore it. So that that to your point, that's that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited to see that booth. I want to I want to see what that's all about. And, you know, of course, add it to my list of of must have instruments that's ever growing. Now, now, real quick, do you think that's why? Like, because this is this is my like after grabbing an eight string and like it is fun to play and I get I get it. I just don't know if it, if there's something applicable. But do you think that because he he primarily focuses on building eight string and eight string extended models that are you know a little bit um, a little bit out there in in the body type? But I haven't seen a six string. I thought I saw a six string on his page. He had a six string out there. I think the first time. No, or am I tripping? Uh, I I'm looking sworn. it up now. I'm I'm trying to grow, jump on the page now, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't see any six strings either. Yeah. Um. So uh, you may be right. I mean, you know, well, if he's going for the ergonomics, no, there is one. There's one of West playing on that uh, 2018 Nam. I think that's a six string. Okay, because I found a six string headstock. Yeah, but I haven't seen much else other than oh, that might be a six. Yeah, there's one of Wes uh, posted back in uh, 2018 uh, with a six string. So okay, I, I thought I had seen some at his booth last year. So I'm pretty okay. sure. Um, you know, of course, yeah. There's a couple videos of actually of people playing them, and even more so. I, I don't know what what it is, dude. I've got the biggest boner for that fucking aesthetic shape dude like it just looks fucking great <laughs> like dude it I, looks it looks like it's something and this is gonna this isn't like shooting down anybody else that likes these guitars i'm just i'm just saying but this very much looks like it's a shape that's made for your kind of plane yeah like 100 percent feel like this is like this I I would I wouldn't be surprised if you grab this the same way I wouldn't be surprised that you grab another Strandberg like these are the kind of shapes that I definitely think you gravitate towards and and caters to your plane definitely I I, I said I I don't know if it's I I'll tell you the reason I like the Strandberg and probably the same reason I'm looking at the Abasi is um, one it it looks unique but two I can sit anywhere any way comfortably playing the Strandberg. I could be leaning back in my computer chair, legs up, playing this thing, and the way that it sits, the way that it's cut, sits perfectly. And looking at the Abasi, it's got the exact same shape on the bottom two portions, where if you play in like a traditional jazz style, or or you play in like a regular traditional off-to-the-side style, it's going to be comfortable no matter where you are. And, and then it looks, it's got an out-there shape, and I fucking love out there shapes i mean i'm yeah. i'm just you know i don't know if it just goes way back or you know to the loving the ridiculous uh bc rich shit or it's just <laughs> that's what i gravitate towards but i look at the bossy models and i'm like dude that guitar looks amazing mm -hmm. so very excited for that booth it does it look it really does look amazing i really i really am digging the um i really dig the uh the fret inlays i look i love that arc look but anyway, moving on. So while we're on the subject of, um, you know, exotic, I'll use the word exotic, exotic shaped guitars, Ormsby. Um, oh, God. Uh, so one, it uh, looks like Dino Cazares just joined up with Ormsby. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. So that's good to, to bring out there. But um, 
as well, I mean, you know, again, that's another one. Uh, another company, their their guitars just, you know, they look awesome. They have some pretty extreme fanning on some of their stuff. But one thing that I really like that I've seen on a few of their guitars, and I think they're they're custom models. I don't think they're uh, um, they're like their GTR, which is like their uh, you know uh, production models. Yeah. Uh, the the few models that I've seen have the. Um, scalloping on just the high portion of the high frets and mm. uh I, I don't know if we've discussed this on the uh the the podcast before or not but i fucking love scalloping that's like mm-hmm. in certain places because of you know it makes it easier to to bend and stuff like that it's just and then it looks aesthetic as fuck and probably because mm-hmm. it looks weird i just i love it dude you know, it's just, I don't know what it is about weird-shaped guitars and shit like that. I fucking love that shit. So, Ormsby is another one. I really liked them last year. And, you know, yeah. they they did the Jaron Dines 16-string uh, last year, or 37-string, or 50-string, whatever the fuck. Um, I want to say they were the ones that saved that whole project. I, I yeah. feel like um, they were the ones responsible that when, when Jared had that issue with uh, the builder, which I don't, I don't think I remember his name, but... Uh, that yeah, I don't know. He's still posting in one of the pages as if that shit never happened. But that whole scam deal where he got yeah. like a yeah, I don't know. F- I don't know. That was a joke. But the what the one that uh, Ormsby made for him with his fucking face as an inlay <laughs> is <laughs> just the greatest fucking thing ever. But yeah, Ormsby is one of those. Ormsby and Legator are. Because I know, like, I would love to get a Strandberg, but, like, realistically, I don't have three grand to drop on a Strandberg. And three grand really isn't even enough to get there, so. <laughs> so I mean, the, the Ormsby and the and the Legator are the few, like, headless guitars that I kind of want to grab one at one point, at some point. Right. Um, I really, and, and I know, like, this sounds fucking, what's the word? Um, I don't know what the word is, like, in, inconvenient or something, but... I want to have something that I can just be able to like throw in a backpack, throw in the car, and I'm just going to take it with me wherever I go. And I know they make travel guitars and I know all that shit, but I want to still be able to play whatever I'm playing. And if I got to show up to, to, a, to practice or whatever, like, okay, I'm good to go. Right, exactly. And I mean, that that's one thing I like about my Strandberg is, you know, you throw it on your back and it's super light. It's easy. It's easy to work with. I mean, all, all the other features that I really like set aside, you know, there's that convenience too, which, mm-hmm. you know, brings me back to the lightening up my, my fucking rig, you know, to, to match that. Um, that's, you know, it's just super convenient. It's my Kiesel's the same way that the eight string Vader that I have is it's another thing, you know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's shorter, the headstock, you don't realize you know, how worried you are. I mean, maybe not you, because the way you guys play, but (laughs) how worried you are about snapping the fucking headstock off of your guitar until you're sitting there playing. It actually restricts me, like, mentally. I don't know. I'm just more careful, whereas with the headless, you know, I can move around, jump around and stuff, and, you know, it's just, it's not there like I'm going to smack somebody in the fucking face with it or break that shit off, you know? I I definitely think at some point you're going to get to a place where your traveling gear whatever it's going to be, is going to be the like a Stramberg headless, the Axe 8 board, and the, the power, whatever power section you're going to go with, and that's it. 
Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see it. You know, uh, to be honest, I've been looking at comparisons of the XL Plus versus like an Axe 8 uh, board or something like that because, damn, dude, if you can just carry a little board and like a briefcase thing with a with you know a tiny little power amp and and set up on stage and just be ready to fucking rock from there like i i don't know like i the convenience that i can just carry that in and out of the car because i mean let's be realistic i'm fucking tired of carrying gear <laughs> you know and i don't even tour so i can only imagine uh as a matter of fact vance venezuela from uh from Vela Naff uh, had a post in the, uh, I think it was in the Fractal or the Kemper page the other day about, you know, he he's using the Fractal, I don't remember if it was Fractal or Kemper, and uh, just going direct, and he straight up said he's all, I will never drag another speaker anywhere ever again, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I get it. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, we can get deeper into this idea, but it's definitely getting to be one of those things where it's a lot more convenient for working musicians to do things like that, where it's just you throw it in a backpack and you throw it in your in your carry on, and you're good to go. Um, the The other end of that is obviously we have to still maintain some kind of a scene so that those shows can still ha- be be possible to happen. Right. So like there there there's a two part like conversation in there, but yeah, I could I could totally see if I was being a complete fucking touring musician a thousand percent of my time having to have to move to an Axe effects. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause, and, and I, you know, I know we, uh, we poke fun at each other for the tube versus, uh, versus, um, uh, digital rig and blah, 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 and mm. stuff like that. I mean, you know, tube rigs, you know, th- there's a reason why we reamp using two tube rigs. There's a reason why we record using tube rigs and capture, you know, that and the overtones and stuff like that is they do sound better, you know, mm. uh, um, convenience sake, you know, um, and again, we're getting way off into the woods here and we've had this conversation a million times, but convenience sake, you know, digital is, is great. And it's, you know, the, the strides that we've made in, you know, with digital stuff is, you know, we've come a long way from, you know, crate amps and shit like yeah. that, you know? So, um, to, to wrap this fucker up here is I, I think tubes sound great. I think tubes sound awesome. Um, if you're in a place where you can crank them and stuff like that, I'm just lazy and they're inconvenient. <laughs> Dude, nine, I, I'm getting to where, like, I totally see it. Like 99.9% of the fucking, uh, concert attending population aren't going to know the difference no especially not in with extreme music you know uh your guys' stuff even up to you know our stuff nobody's going to fucking notice you know nobody's going to really be able to tell rocky more simple stuff you know thrice style stuff stuff like that you know maybe you'll hear the difference but uh once you start getting a little more extreme I just, to be honest, you could miss a note in a song, and as long as you're making some sort of noise in that general register, nobody's even going to notice that shit. Yeah. So, you know. Okay. Moving on. Uh, moving on. For you. Because we still got a whole half, a whole half a list to go. Fuck. For you, Beluger. Balaguer. There you go. I don't even know how to pronounce that fucking name. Balaguer. So. My Balaguer. bad, guys. My bad. Uh, super, <laughs> like, I wouldn't say super dad guitars, but... They're classy as fuck, and I don't know. Like, I dig those guitars. I think they look dope. Um, 
I definitely want to want to grab one of there. They it's not a Jaguar. It's called a oh crap. I'm not going to think of the name right now. But it looks like a Jaguar and it plays like fucking gold. The yes, the both so both of your both of your hollow bodies are yes. are theirs. They're both the same guitar actually, but they're they're theirs. Dude, those things I, I will I will go ahead and agree with you that your hollow bodies make me want one of those guys because they're just they're they look awesome and they are very uh, much of a dad looking guitar, but mm. I mean the ones that you have they play really well even with your weird ass action. But <laughs> <laughs> they play really well and they look really nice. I mean and and dude if that fucker uh, survives your guys uh, stage style of playing, then you know it's a resilient right. ass guitar too. What the fuck is I can't? I'm looking for. Here we go. What is this? It's called a. Nope, that's not it. Not the Hyperion. It's called not a Thicket because that's their um, Tele shape. It's not a Growler. The Growler. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Okay, I found it too. The Growler. <laughs> Yeah, see, and that one looks good, and it's funny, and this is this, this is interesting where our two different tastes go in completely different directions because, you know, I am not a big fan of this look, you know, yeah. myself. Yeah. So you know, it, it's 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 very interesting, you know, just people's taste and stuff like that. Just a perspective. All changes. All, it's all taste. It's all it's all subjective. Yeah, buddy. Um, next one. So next one is oh oh god. Yeah. Um, bum 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 oh. Omega. Oh, hang on. Let me let me clear the path for my for my erection. Yeah, just yeah, uh, you get a couple people to carry the end of it for you, so you can get up and go. go to the bathroom. There we go. I got well, yo, I got a story for you off the cast or that about a bathroom thing, but oh, ooh, should, <laughs> well, maybe oh, a me- different type of cast. Weird, <laughs> weird bathroom so, things. Omega amps after taking almost a full no, they took a year off. I think they almost took two. Yeah, after taking a year off, they're coming back with not only a brand new amp actually technically now it's two brand new amps because right. now they'll have the, the 50 watt of the obsidian, obsidian yeah. and then the 100 watt iridium plus we're going to get to see from when i talked to them they've refined their speaker choice Ooh, and that's interesting because um i'm definitely a big fan of their aesthetic to their cabs, mm-hmm. uh, love them, and and to be honest, their cabs were fucking great before. So exactly, I, I mean, if they're moving up from what was already great, um, yeah. I, I might have to make room for my erection. I don't know, dude. From from what from what? Because um, I have I have a I have a contact at Omega and I have a contact at Eminence, and apparently the the two of them, Eminence and Omega, have been working. Like I said, to ref find what they like in their in their speaker choices and so that's interesting so are they developing like a like together developing a speaker or are they working better to pair speakers so the long the long answer is no and the short answer is yes because omega was developing a speaker okay um they were working towards finding something with a different company. I'm, I don't think I'm allowed to say what company it was, but right. they, were, they were working towards finding um, a way to build in-house Omega-branded speakers, um, and for whatever reason, that just didn't pan out. 
Okay, because Vader had something similar in the past. I think it was still with Eminence, but it was an Eminence model specific to theirs. I think they had the 15-inch and they had the 12-inch, and they weren't V30s, but uh, they mm -hmm. weren't Legends. They were uh, um, they were something specific to Vader, and I, I think they're. I'm almost positive they were Eminence and mm -hmm. whatever they were, and I think that was the crown jewel of what made Vader Vader back. You know before. You know, I think he got that nerve uh, nerve disorder or whatever it was, yeah. and they really dialed back. You know, years back, Vader is still uh, the holy grail. But you know, you, I actually this is the first I'm hearing of this with Omega. So you know, we might have to discuss this more in detail off the podcast where we can share yeah. more information. Um, but the best the best way I can put it because I think I want to say because I know I, I own two of them. I just don't specifics is that Mesa had a deal with somebody to make them a speaker called the Black Shadow. Right. Um, I okay. don't remember if that's specifically Eminence or Celestian, mm. but that's, kind, yeah, that's kind of the idea of what Omega was going to do is they were going to go through, they were going to do like the Omega something by this company. Interesting. And, okay. And like I said, and moving forward when they were talking to Eminence and the more that I, you know, I kind of talked to Eminence about it, they were like, look, they, they figured out what they liked and how they liked their speaker configurations and what their artists were kind of leaning more towards and kind of saying that they liked and didn't like and what they wanted, and they finally were like, okay, for our 412s, this is the combination. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, then I'm even more excited for them than I was before, so that just yeah. added to it. I'm, I might, you know, pass out from blood flow here. <laughs> Lack of blood flow. That's it, dude. It's all it's all in one specific crotch region, and I we're not even through this list yet. Now, after Omega, you have KSR yes. listed. Yes, and sir. KSR is one of those is one of those companies that I've always been curious about, and then I finally got a hold of one, and unfortunately, it was through a speaker combination that I wasn't a fan of. Ooh, was it? It wasn't mine, was it? The V thirty and the K one hundred. No, 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 no. Okay. I had the. I had it. I had an amp. I had a KSR amp. I had the. Oh, KSR you did. Juno. Yeah, I had the KSR Juno in front of me. You did. That's right. But you were you were playing it through something. You didn't have the fucking for the listeners at home that don't know you personally. Uh, Mark has a cab and speaker problem currently, like drugs oh, yeah. and it's oh, ridiculous yeah. so anyways continue this was prior to all that all those acquisitions um yeah no the pr the producer we were working with um scolded me ah. he actually he actually got upset with me because i have so many spear combinations anyway uh, yeah um, you're a dick so anyways yeah <laughs> so um yeah so we had we like i said we i i got a hold of a ksr juno and i was super stoked on it um i ended up putting the ksr juno side by side with the with the 6534 and what ended up happening, the speaker combination that the owner had was very shrill. Ooh, yeah, no bueno. If there's anything that will kill an amp for me, it's that, it's that pain, it's that ear fatigue that you get from playing an amp. Yeah. So I definitely would love, especially with you and Javi there next to me, I would definitely love to get in front of KSR and really like, okay, please, please give me a better impression of what you guys make. Well, I'll tell you, uh, last year, see, and that's another thing is because they're back in that Hall D, KSR's mm -hmm. smaller, 
you know, they have a smaller booth and they're pretty popular. Um, they were packed last year. So I, the one thing I like about always going on Thursday is that you beat some of that Friday, Saturday crowd. And I'm going tomorrow with Wes, um, you know, to, to get around to some of the stuff before it gets too damn crowded. But, uh, they were, you know, good for them. Uh, they were, they were crowded. They had a lot of people over there, you know, jamming, testing out their stuff. And I think last year they were sharing or they were splitting a booth or something like that. Uh, They were splitting with somebody. I just don't remember with who. Yeah. I remember the year before that they split with Omega, which was perfect because those two guys are like in the same realm. But this past year they were splitting with a guitar company or something like that. And, you know, I don't know. It was just, weird like i they just seemed really crowded over there yeah it wasn't the best uh it wasn't the best listening environment no um, there was there was oh or no it was it's somebody you didn't list it's it's a it's a company called rev oh yeah the, rev is on the list i couldn't fit the whole list in a, a screenshot for uh oh gotcha so uh you know for, you gotta, you gotta, for instagram you gotta send those to me next time bro you gotta send those ne- to me next time so i can i can edit it yeah, uh, definitely will. I just I wanted to put it out there because Nam's so damn close, and you know uh, yeah. we've just been so busy with you recording and work and all kinds of shit. I was like, we need to get stuff out there and have a have a Nam cast, man. But uh, but Rev did something that a lot of people don't under or don't um, did They actually had a hidden room on the floor. Interesting. I yeah, wasn't they, aware of this, so they yeah. fooled me. They had uh, on on the Nam floor. There's they. I think they almost had like a end booth or a corner booth, and they had their display. Their their display was like ten or ten or fourteen, ten to fourteen feet deep. Really, they, they had a four foot corner that was a hidden room that you had to talk to somebody to get back there. And I I peeked behind the door, and it's just. A a a a, ca- a um a shelf a shelfing of like five to six of their amps like different wattage and like different colors probably different models and then just one uh, four twelve back there. Wow! It was it was completely hidden, but it was very very much like oh like you gotta be, you gotta talk to somebody to get back there interesting so we'll have to be on the lookout for that and uh who we need to be friends with to take a look at some of that (laughs) stuff because i mean i'm not above playing with somebody's balls to get to see some of this gear not a problem um so next on the list is arachnid which we already kind of covered um but you know i'm gonna give them some more hype over here is uh you know again awesome looking cabs and uh you've talked to the guy who seems to have a huge deal of knowledge on speakers and all kinds of stuff like that so i'm really looking forward to 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 hanging out and you know uh geeking out he's based out of sacramento so he's not super far like if we ever wanted to visit it would just be a, a a long drive um very very uh i i very much think he'll find something that you'll love that's right up your alley he's very death metal he's very like into like he he's he's backlining the las vegas death fest yes so that's interesting because uh wes and uh inhuman atrocities played that last year i think we're mm-hmm. aiming to try and play it the, again this year um and that was mentioned that he had backlined that before so and and trevor and and wes and justin rave about uh, how awesome Vegas Death Fest was, I'm actually excited. Hopefully, we can you know book it up and make it happen. Um, if you can, if you can, hey, 
If you can, um, if you can either chat, you know, at least chat with him. Like I, I'm sure we'll get some time to chat with him. Definitely. Um, and if you guys can get on that, that'd be dope. Uh, he loves, he absolutely loves, um, eminent speakers, uh, the man of war and Texas heat mix. And okay. you and I, you and I have talked to length about trying to get a hold of the Texas heat speakers. Right. Seeing, seeing how that, seeing how that mixes. So, I don't know, man. This might be this might be the way to go at some point where we kind of like massage his butthole a little bit and and see what we can see what, what we can get out of him. I'm I'm not above that. Speaking so uh, on a side note about the Texas heat speakers, you just reminded me. So a while back, you know, five six years ago, uh, at Dawn of Eternity, we played a backyard show actually in our guitarist Eddie's uh, backyard, um, mm. and we had another local band. Um, and the name escapes me now. Play with us, like kind of open it up. And my buddy Jeremy, who I went to high school with, uh, had a crate two twelve combo okay. that sounded fucking amazing. And they were more of a rocky band, not so metal, more rocky, but you know, faster than rocky stuff. I, I don't okay. know how to explain whatever the fuck they were. But I'm sitting here New going, metal. what the fuck? Why does this thing sound so goddamn good? So I'm talking to him after he it's a crate 212 that he replaced the speakers with Texas Heat. And it was fucking amazing and I'm like, dude, that's nuts. So those have been on my radar for a long fucking time. We got to do we got to do it, man. We got to we got to just if we got to buy an empty from um from Bennett or or something and just throw some Texas Heat in there and see what it sounds like. I'm all about that. Speaking of which, you know, uh, Bennett's going to have some gear um, there as well. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing Garrett and, you know, seeing his gear out there and, you know, mess around with it and stuff like that, too. I mean, you know, we're, we're friends with Garrett and he's a super cool dude. Yeah, I've been fighting with him to try to get him to come to the fucking room again because he's he's a uh, this isn't this isn't a secret, but he's a he's a Celestian dealer. Ah, uh, yeah. OK. So he, he only specifies in Celestian speakers. So, um. I'm trying to kind of convince him to grab some Celestian Redbacks and okay. throw them in a 212 and then bring it to the room. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, from his perspective, he seems very busy these days, and you're far oh, as fuck from Fullerton, so. Crazy. He's crazy busy. Which is awesome, though. I love seeing uh, seeing all of his posts and his stuff and people using his stuff. And, I mean, again, this is this is a, a friend that we made, you know, that's that's up and coming, you know, companies growing and stuff like that. And it's, it's really cool to see you know, it grow and, you know, to, you know, be there in the early stages and jam around on it, you know, me, you know, ripping some, you know, little, you know, some riffs on you ripping some riffs on and, you know, just really being stoked about that stuff. So that's really cool. So here's, okay. So we're going to get to the, um, ow, you stupid cat. God damn it. So we're, that was totally not professional. That's okay. Um, well, this is a this get, is a podcast, buddy. We talk all the shit we want on the cats. We're gonna get to the. I don't want to say controversial, but this definitely was uh, something that split, um, uh, split some of the views on our on our podcast. And this was actually one of the first things that got that got traction on the podcast. We're gonna we're gonna go visit the PV Arena this year. Yes, and there's something and, new, a smaller version of. Of a, of a beehive. Um, yeah, beehive. So I'm hoping that what we saw was maybe the first iteration of what the invective was supposed to be. 
and hopefully now they've kind of fixed whatever I, I don't want to say fixed, but it's been there long enough for people to, to retool it in a way that doesn't sound like a fuzz on all the time. Now here's and and just to briefly revisit this, and I think we discussed this last year. Here's still my problem because I did not like what I heard at all there. Yeah. Um, but here's my problem. The guitars that they have out there for testing purposes. Garbage. Yeah, and I, I, my fear is that a big chunk of that is coming from that. Now, the other side of that is, well, if the amp sounded super good, you should get some sort of flavor in that, of that there, and I wasn't getting that at all. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know what those pickups are. Those guitars are... They're not the greatest. Nothing about that testing situation was ideal for a metal situation. It was. It's very weird. So I'm still um, hesitant. I'm, yeah, I'm still hesitant to hate completely on the amp. Not having it in a more controlled environment. You know, I will. The other side of of that is I'm not seeing a lot of them out there. I've seen. Oh, you know. Have you noticed that? Yeah, one or two, maybe. I'm not maybe. seeing a lot of them out there. It was so weird that um, I just randomly, uh, well, because I've been, not randomly, I've been looking for, uh, uh, you know, obviously I've been looking for original 5150, but I went ahead and accepted that I'm probably just going to get the, the 6505, just not the plus. Right. And in looking for those amps, one of the invectives popped up on Craigslist. Wow. I don't even see them. People, you know, people post on on the uh, music discussion, the the wire guitarist one, and any number of groups. All their gear. I think I've seen one of those. So yeah. interesting that somebody's selling one in uh, Craigslist. And uh, not, I mean, I think they're. I think on uh, new they're between eighteen and nineteen. Yeah, they're not terrible. I mean, you know, which thank God because I think when the the Randall Satan came out, that thing was like three G's, which was rough. So the guy on Craigslist was asking eleven. So again, not terrible. I would have almost shown interest in that thing just so you could test it in a different environment. Oh, I should have done that, huh? You know, just thinking about it now, totally didn't. You know, because I think you had mentioned that it was out there and. I wonder if that thing's even still on, on Craigslist, because I don't know how many people... Again, it just seems like that thing hasn't gained any sort of traction, um, which is another, which is kind of supporting my I-don't-like-it theory, because if it was, you know, this big, awesome amp, it would be everywhere, right? I mean, yeah. you know, even the Randall Satan, which I'm not too much of a fan of myself, um, you know... They're, they're out there. Yeah, that people. A lot of people have them, and people have them, and they're working them, and they're using them, and stuff like that. Um, but this the invective, I just I don't see it anywhere. I don't see people posting videos playing them, nothing. So I don't know if PV's just not pushing them hard as a sale item. You know, Out, outside of the dudes of Periphery, which you know, obviously that's Misha's um, signature amp. Outside of the dudes in Periphery. I really have not seen anyone using it. No, and um, you know that's that's really interesting. I mean, these days, not as many people are using um, tube stuff when you're on tour, but you know, you should see videos and stuff like that. And I just don't hear. I forget that it exists because I don't see a lot about it. Well, that's why, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna go. We're gonna see what's new, and and part of what's new is 
they decided we're going to do the mini amp thing, and they're including the Invective. It's going to be uh, the Invective 20. Nice. And just to totally derail for a second here, that PV that you're looking for, is it the 5150 block letter? Well, it is, look, I'm not going to get into the discussion of the block, the signature, and the non-plus. I'm just going to say, if I can find one of those, I'm down. Well, there's a block letter in Echo Park for sale for 580. So, just thought I'd throw that at you while I was thinking about it. Uh, let me see if let me see if that's the. I think it's the same one that I have, and because I've been I've been surfing this shit for the past month. Yeah. So, I might, while I might pass, go ahead, go ahead. No. So while you're while you're looking for that, I was going to bring up so the the Invective 20. So, I had the 6505 Mini Head um, for a little while, and I ended up selling it just because I ended up trading the camper for the axe effects and it was excess gear that I could, I, you know, I don't, I don't hold on to things well, especially if it's extras, you know, I yeah. like to, you know, I see dollar signs. I'm like, let's, let's move this out and move it into something more effective. So I, I got rid of it. it. It sounded pretty good as a mini head. So here's my problem. The invective has a 20 watt. Well, I'm not seeing them as hundred watts. So I don't know if the market's there for it. I mean, mini heads are the hype right now. It seems like a lot of people are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to the to the point of you recording and stuff like that, but playing live, you can't get your amp past two and a half. Are yeah. the other fifty watts even necessary? Could everybody yeah. move down to? I mean, is it? I, I played the twenty watt in up against uh, Eddie's uh, Randall Satan, the hundred watt, and I was cutting through just fine. Yeah. So, you know, are the 100 watts necessary? So, I mean, they are definitely appeasing what seems to be a lot of people buying mini rigs these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially purists uh, that like to stick to tube everything. You know, mm-hmm. a 20 watt is a hell of a lot more uh, portable than a 100 watt, obviously. It yeah. works for a live show. Most of them have cab simulators built into them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything bigger than... You know, uh, a small, medium-sized bar has a great PA sound. Okay, hold on. Not a great PA, <laughs> but has a, a big PA, typically, um, that you're going to be running through anyways. I mean, even some of the shittiest bars around here in L.A. have PA systems that you know, you mic through. So at the end of the day, the stage speakers are pointless. So is a 20-watt enough? I, I'm re- rewinding back to being a kid and starting to get into music and, and stuff like that. My stepdad told me, you know, when, when I had my desire for a big-ass 212, 2412 fucking cabinet rig with the amp and the, the fucking Marshall bleh, Slayer <laughs> wall, uh, my dad saying, you know, you really only need a little combo amp because anything bigger than that thing is loud is going to have a PA that you're going to run through. And like, right. like an asshole, I refuse to listen to that. I've been through all the big rigs and here I am downgrading to smaller stuff. So the rest of the world seems to be doing the same thing. Yeah. It, it, like you said, I think there's definitely a market for it. I think there will always be somebody that, um, will find a use. For, like you said, like I want that tone. I don't want to break my back to get that tone. Right. I think there's a market for that. Um, when it comes to the actual tone of the amp, I'm I I'm I'm still need to be convinced. Same here, and and again, like last year, and I think the year before that, I'm gonna go try it, and I'm gonna hope that there's 
a better guitar to test it out with. Um, even the cabs, because I'm not a big fan of PV cabs. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, all those combos set aside, you know, hopefully there's something there a little bit better, at least guitar-wise and pickup-wise, that to test this thing out. So, because I just, I, I can't definitively say I hate this thing mm-hmm. when... Um, you know, I just can't test it in my own environment. So, yeah. I think yeah. we've spent enough time talking about that thing. I, you know, we've spent so many fucking podcasts talking about it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, mo- moving on, we're getting into the um, getting into the the fucking top tier. You know, Kiesel. Kiesel's great. Kiesel's fantastic. Kiesel at length. Um, Ro- Royer. Roar Royers. I don't know. I know that I know their guitars. I know what they one, look one like. One of those is know. right. I don't know how to pronounce it. We'll ask them when we find them. Yeah. Um, he puts out quality shit. We just haven't really had time to. Um, well, to be honest, I I don't know. I didn't plug it in last year. Mm, right. Yeah, I got to touch it, and it felt good, and the neck was really original, but uh, didn't get a chance to plug it in. I know they're gonna. Probably um, pair up with Guitarmory at some point. Right, they are. There's been that, and I think uh, they're going to have guitars at Hipshot's booth uh, this year because I don't know that they have their own. I put uh, the booth at the booth that they're going to be found at. I couldn't find them having a booth, so I don't know that I put down where I'm going to find them and then you know build from there. So I know that's the Hipshot booth, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to have two guitars there. So. You know, let's, you know, we could always check with Hipshot and then find out, you know, if they are having a booth there. I couldn't find anything specifically. So. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to skip the next two on your list just so we can come back to it. Cause I feel like, uh, one of those is going to be a discussion, but yeah, um, both of them really are. Obviously PRS is going to be there. Um, I, like I said, I, I would still like to try the Mark Holcomb. Um, they have a lot of great shit that I can't afford. Yeah, I, and I'm going to back you up on that. I think, um, well, and here's the thing, too, is I haven't really, I have a big problem with the neck joint on the uh, the PRS guitars. I haven't found one that vibes with my hand, and that mm-hmm. may just be, I don't think that's a PRS issue as much as it's a me issue. Um, I, 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 would, I would argue with you that I've heard multiple, multiple people say that anything that's probably not like the Mark Holcomb or the Dusty Waring um guitar that's not made for metal that's it there's that, that's not. all there is they're not and and to be honest in my head if it weren't for mark holcomb or 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 anybody like that it's i wouldn't even associate prs with metal to me they're a jazzy rocky you know style guitar i mean shit ryan knight was using a prs towards the end with his time with uh dahlia there and i was like that's really fucking weird like and yeah and, and uh amel worsler too um, although he's very much, he's not just in Doth, but you know he does a lot of other stuff. So it, it, that guy, the gu- guitar god that he is, very underrated of a player, by the way. Mm. Um, you know he used one too. So I actually seeing him play one was what kind of turned me on to PRS. And then you know my brother-in-law and his buddy um, had been to you know to their to their place and my brother-in-law's buddy got a custom made one that he spent like some 10 or 12 fucking grand on or some shit like Jesus. that. Jesus. Um he's a professional baseball player so that's like dollars and cents to him but um 
Yeah, they they went and they like you know really custom it. I mean, like, and I always say this name wrong, and I'm sure somebody somewhere will correct me, but Mayones. Man, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You, I, you gotta say it more smooth. Mayonis. I do. Well, because every time I say their name, I just think of a jar of mayo, and it's really <laughs> tough. But mayonnaise uh, is not an instrument. <laughs> well, it is, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> their guitars, dude. Their guitars all range from you know close to ten grand up. Yeah. Um, you know, and these are backbreakers. Uh, I call them backbreakers because they're heavy as fuck. So PRS to me was kind of is kind of in that realm, especially with their American-made ones. Beautiful guitars. They look amazing. Um, I just don't know how metal they are. And again, I haven't had a lot of time on them, so I'm not the authority to be trusting on their playability at all. No, and I got you. And that, like I said, that's why I wanted to like let's get let's get there. I I feel like PRS is going to be a quick trip. I feel like we're going to get there, be like, that's dope. Let me grab one. All right, I'm good. And that's how we were last year. I think we walked in there. We were in there briefly, and uh, yeah. we you know, we saw a couple of things. It was pretty packed, if I recall correctly, and we were in and out. Uh, Jackson was the same way. We were pretty in and out of Jackson, too. Yeah. Um, um, I love Jackson, getting... by the way. Yeah. Just putting that I out there. I would love to grab a Jackson at some point. Oh, speaking of Jackson, um, this is, has nothing to do with Jackson, but remind me of it. Um, Charvel, I am very excited to see some Angel Vivaldi models if they're going to have more than just one there because that dude's guitar uh, looks very different from what I'm familiar with with uh, Charvel and looks very playable. Now, he is an amazing guitarist, mm -hmm. and he's going to make anything look amazing to play, but they look really cool, and I've seen what the neck joint looks like on it. I'm. I want to try that out. So Charvel for sure is on my list of must sees. Uh, one of the YouTubers that we follow pretty consistently, um, Arnold plays guitar. Yes. Um, I won't try to pronounce his last name because I'd, I'd be afraid that he'd listen and, and I would butcher it. Uh, yeah, he it just did a review on a Charvel, so okay. I would hundred percent recommend go check out that and see what you know. I know you like the Charvel. I would love to get one in my hands at some point. Um, but it's the same thing with comparison. Um, yeah. And it's the same thing with like Dunnable. Um, mm -hmm. Amazing guitars. I'm sure they play great. The likelihood of me getting them in the room is very, very minimal. Right. I mean, I, you know, I tried a while back to uh, trade uh, Mike from Guitar Marie for his comparison, and then uh, that g deal just didn't end up working out. Um, yeah. But. I'd love to get my hands on one too because those things are awesome. I mean, and and fucking, you know, what's his name uh, from Killswitch plays one. So of course it makes it I think, better. I think both of the guys do. They do, they do, and they have for a while. Yeah. Which I didn't realize until you know the past few years when I've really gotten interested in a lot of these, you know, these other brands that aren't you know the the big four of brands. You know, mm -hmm. Fender, Gibson, Ibanez, you know, Jackson. You know. Yeah. Um, um yeah. so real quick getting to getting to fender because we're we're getting to, i think we're approaching that time and we still got to fit in okay stupid oh jesus um, christ <laughs> yeah that's so, right <laughs> fender fenders announced that they you know obviously they're going to have some updated models um apparently they're having a more affordable model which i don't 100 percent know what that means i'm scared of what that means that to me i just hear quality being sacrificed and i mean well fender what was their what was their uh cheaper model before squire um i believe the idea is it's gonna be a uh a, a more affordable fender brand not a squire 
Okay, interesting. It's still going to be a Fender. It's going to be under the Fender name, but it's going to be more affordable. I'm still afraid of uh, quality being sacrificed. uh, I've owned one Fender, and I couldn't flip that thing fast enough. Right. I mean, on the positive side, because they've been around so long, I mean, the the market of people that you're appealing to is huge. So, you know, yeah. from, from you know, young rockers to, you know, to dad rock, older guys to older, older guys who have been playing music for since before I was even a concept and stuff like somebody, that. Somebody will grab it. Yeah. I mean, I that that Charvel that I had. Um, that I ended up, you know, not vibing too well with it. I sold that shit. I put that shit on reverb for like two hundred bucks over what I got it for, and mm-hmm. somebody snapped that up in less than an hour. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it was. I mean, it was that was the quickest sale I've ever made in my life. I was like, holy shit! And I posted it at, with a ridiculous price on it, you know. And I was like, yeah, did I miss something here? Like fucking, this thing got <laughs> eaten up <laughs> quick. I should have put it for more. <laughs> yeah, dude, right? You know, motherfucker. That's, that's- that's kind of how I feel about the 33 when I sold it. Yeah. I, I, I feel like the guy did get a deal. But like you said, I saw the I saw the one going for six, and I've seen a couple go for a lot more than $600. Yeah. So, man, maybe, maybe I should have just held on to it and just, you know, absorb the, absorb the hit for a minute and then just turn it around. Well, you don't know until you get there, but, you yeah. know, that, that's just crazy. So, uh, Gibson. Gibson's oh, going to be so there this year. Let's get into this because even even you know Gibson is making news when you have guys like Joe Rogan talking about Gibson, right? Uh, Joe Rogan's my fucking hero, by the way. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I don't even know. Like Gibson really isn't even on my radar anymore. It's a bummer because they're a staple, um, you know, especially in like rock music and stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't even know. I just—it's not even on my radar of things. Of course, I'm gonna stop by and check it out. They weren't there last year. Yeah, I'm well, just—they were—they were dealing with um, bankruptcy internal issues, weren't they? Right. No. Yeah. I mean, they—they they put some sort of um, uh, like a V model that they were supposed to put out that looked horrendous, and then nothing happened. Yeah. That. Um. Yeah. The their modern something, their modern futurist, whatever. Yeah. It's called. Um. The only reason that that I wanted to talk about it is I actually did get an email from Gibson because I, I you know obviously I'm signed up to the newsletter yeah but um, they released a, a bunch of what they call modern updates to classic designs interesting and they look like the same guitars they've been putting out for the past fifty years so yeah well. What so that's my curious my curiosity now. What are the modern updates? You know, right? What what have you actually changed, or are you? My my thing is always try to read between the lines, and are this is this an actual modern update, or are you just adding the word modern to the guitar because you have to disassociate what you've been doing with your past quality control? Yeah, you know, I. I I don't know. I mean, it could be a marketing technique. Um, I I tell you, it's working because I'm interested to see what this modern quote unquote thing is all about. It's the uh, it's the new. What is it called? It's the uh, the quote uh, new Pepsi. Yeah, uh, marketing where where we're gonna market new Pepsi and then we're gonna take that shit off the market and we're gonna call it classic Pepsi, but it's gonna be the same shit. Yep, and 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 everybody's gonna eat it up. 
Yep. I 100%, 100% think that's what it is. I and I I uh I have to agree with you because, you know, I I don't know. I don't know how well they're doing. And again, you know, the this comp, you know, Gibson's been around forever. I mean, they're an icon. Mm-hmm. Um it's just the times. They haven't really stayed with the times, man. Yeah. Um and I'm and and like you said, there's always going to be the the dad rockers. There's always going to be a, a market for that, but if you're not somewhat putting yourself out there for guys that are coming up, the the 21 year old dude that got a good job, which is not in Southern California, but oh, um, no shit, dude. <laughs> but you know, 21 year old dude does has a good job, no no girlfriend, no wife, nothing else going on, plays music, gets that like couple checks, and is like, yo, I want to blow a couple hundred bucks that I can now afford to do. Let me get a nice guitar. Let me treat myself a little bit for a nice guitar. Right. I mean, and you know, I don't, maybe uh, we've got a little bit blinders on because we're more into heavier music, but I mean, it just seems like, you know, that sort of guy, you know, is more interested in boutique shit. Yeah. You know, what we're, you know, Skurvisons, fucking, you know, uh, Strandbergs, Ormsby's. Um, I mean, you know, those Dalgare. are. You're getting, you're getting, we're getting into an age, uh, and I hundred percent think that we, we're not even getting. I think we're past that age where, um, custom is becoming a, a a very viable option. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. Um, you know, I mean, I've gotten a hold of instruments you know if you would have told me 10 years ago i would have never uh thought i'd be able to get a hold of you know uh, just because you know market saturation wasn't there and you know money is you know for these things are through the fucking roof and i've gotten a hold of you know a few strandbergs now i'm on my third one yeah. uh, you know a few kiesels you know different models different shapes high-end versions you know uh, uh, tons i've been through so many high-end i've been through j custom uh, Ibanez is the only one that I haven't had my hands on is LA custom shop ones. But yeah, I mean, I've been through prestigious, you know, stuff that I would have never thought I'd be able, I mean, you look at the price tag and it's like, what the fuck? I mean, you wheel and deal. We need to do a podcast in on wheeling and dealing, uh, you know, for getting gear, but, um, mm. you know, it's, it's doable now. And if I can get my hands on it, I'm not a well-off dude. I'm not even, I feel like I make it in life. Kind of, you know, if I can get my hands on this stuff, uh, a young guy with no real responsibilities is going to fork some real dough into some real fucking gear. Easy. So Fender's not really on that radar. I don't think Fender and Gibson. Um, dealing, dealing, like I said, I, I hate coming back to this, but dealing with the producer who, his job is obviously producing, but he goes out to tour and he goes out to do whatever he does. You're dealing with somebody where your job and your passion, that's your, you know, that's your means and spending that kind of money because you're making that on, on the jobs you're doing makes sense. It's very possible to get something very nice. It's a lot easier now to set up a few emails and a PayPal than trying to track down the A&R guy at Ibanez like it was 20, 30 years ago. Right, exactly. The internet's made, made uh, acquiring or, or you know, being able to build your own customs a lot easier, too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a different world. It's very interesting the way it's affected gear acquisition as well as, you know, music production and, and you know, sales. Everything, 
everything that goes along with that. So I think that gets us through the the short version of our list. And when I say short <laughs> version, those are just a very few uh, things that we want to see. And then there's, you know, there's, of course, going aisle by aisle and seeing things that we may not even know about. So, I mean, you know, needless to say, uh, it's going to be a tough night to sleep, um, you know, being excited for Nam. And, and I'm just a normie. Yeah. You know, so... Uh-huh. All, all I can tell you is make sure you have your phone charged because we're going to be taking a lot of pictures. Fuck yeah. I, I actually already have my backpack planned out with my meal preps because I'm <laughs> sticking to my uh, diet hardcore. I hope that uh, security lets me bring food in. Good for, good for you, though, dude. Good for you. I'm glad you're sticking to it. Uh, security should let you in. Um, as usual, you just got to make sure you check your bag at the door. Yeah, so there's that. So I'm doing that. I'm going to bring a charger to plug in my phone just in case... Um, I need to plug it in and charge it somewhere. Although, um, I have an extended battery pack for my phone. So you got You got to invest in one of those, um, portable, the portable chargers, the portable, ba- the portable batteries. Well, check this out. So I work for spectrum. I have mm-hmm. my Samsung galaxy S eight personal phone. I've got a Samsung galaxy S eight work phone nice. and I have a spectrum mobile test phone samsung galaxy s8 so between those three i've got enough batteries for for this fucker (laughs) so 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 you'll last at least till the end of end of the day (laughs) maybe you know my battery lasts a lot longer if i'm not bored and on facebook so that's definitely not going to happen tomorrow yeah you know um yeah Maybe I, I maybe I'll uh, live stream a few things for uh, for the keep chugging Instagram. Um, you know, if there's anything to see tomorrow, I don't. You know, Thursdays are usually pretty light. Fridays and Saturdays are usually the fire day, so a little mm-hmm. more of that maybe after. Yeah, we got we got to figure out how to get in on on the today. We got to figure out how to get in on the Wednesday. Um, showing a nap one time. Yes, the the pre, pre. I know every year I see that I'm like those bastards whose dick do i have to suck to get in on that i'm sure i'm sure there's a way we can do it uh we just gotta we gotta finagle it well we're gonna be working real hard to build the uh keep chugging brand uh through 2019 so hopefully through uh 2020 we'll have some some big deal stuff to set up for for that now definitely so let's Um, get on to okay stupid before we run out of time here man yeah, yeah, we're going to make OK Stupid a little quicker today because I think we're going to have today's. We're going to have, um, I'm sorry, we're going to have the pre-NAM OK Stupid. We're going to have the post-NAM OK Stupid. And then we're going to have to try to pick ourselves up and get that same week's OK Stupid out. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a stupid week. <laughs> yeah, well, it's always a stupid week for me. Uh, yeah, well, you know, right. life so, is life. <laughs> here we go. Okay, stupid. If you're not familiar with Okay, stupid, this is where we grab uh, questions from a very popular dating site called Okay, Cupid, and then we word them in a way that is more musician friendly. So, usually we do five questions. Uh, we're going to try to keep it short. We're going to do three questions today. So, Larry, here is your Okay, stupid opener. Yay! So the original question is: What are you worse at than ninety percent of the population? Your question is, what are you worse at as a listening musician than 90% of the population? That's a tough one. Um, I guess it depends on my mood. If I'm feeling analytical, um, when I listen to stuff, um, I listen for, I will hear things like hand drags string Mm. scrapes Mm. um 
you know, stuff like that. And I fucking hate that I get in that mood to where I can hear everything like that. And it's stupid because 90% of people, you know, maybe even musicians included, don't notice that shit. But yeah. I'm a musician who sat in a fucking recording studio for hours and hours and hours and hours trying to get one goddamn riff right because, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as the recording button gets hit, you forget how to play a guitar. Yep. And uh, so... confirmed. Yeah. So I think for me, that that's one thing is, is noticing little things in the actual recording process or mistakes. Uh, I'll give an example of a... Of a you know, something that was done weird, and I don't know if it was calculatedly done that way, but uh, Cradle of Filth's Nymphetamine album, the song Nymphetamine, there's two of them. There's Fix, and then there's Overdose. And mm. Overdose is like a nine-minute version of Fix, and has this whole upbeat part, but it almost feels like they stopped, and then forced in that other part, like kind of like they improv it, but it's not. It's just really weird. It's tracked really weird. And every time I hear it, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And, and <laughs> that's just one example of something that's happened with a lot of bands and stuff like that. And I, there's, again, when I'm feeling analytical and it's not even purposely, yeah, I, I end up, you know, hearing that stuff and I fucking hate it. Or, or I hear notes that they use. And I'm like, Oh, that's so fucking 2004 metalcore. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? What am I, what am I, what am I doing in life that makes me such an elitist <laughs> bitch when I'm listening to this shit? <laughs> so I, I don't know if that's just me that does that, but uh, that's something that just, it bugs the shit out of me that I do it too. There's a, there's a whole, like, there's a whole producer mindset that I've noticed now there. There's a lot of producers that actually, Look for the imperfections in records and uh, and admire that imperfection. Uh, you know, and and I would say there are. We had this as you know part of another conversation. You know, O four recordings versus now and stuff yeah. like that. You know, there is definitely stuff that that's there, but there's other little ones that are like, well, what's happening there? It gives me fucking an earache just to hear it. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's all in my mood. You know, I guess if I'm feeling real bitchy, then I'm gonna be a pain in the ass. Gotcha. Makes sense to me. Okay, <laughs> next question. So the original question is, and I don't know why this is a question on a first date, but the original question: what what combination of fixings makes your perfect burrito? Oh Jesus Christ! So your question is: what combination of fixings do you need on a guitar? Um. So I like I like a flat style bridge. You know. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, Floyd Rose specifically um, because of the access and the way my hand sits. I'm just used to it. So uh, even a hip shot bridge has the sidewall that gets in the way. Example, the new uh, Schecter Raptors or whatever, you know, at least the ones that are Guitar Center have the sidewall, but it's got kind of like a ramp on it. It's not just a wall that's in your fucking way. Okay. Um, So that for sure. Um, I'm a big fan of um, baritone scales, extended scales. Okay. Um, and 20-inch fretboard radiuses. That's so an, fairly fairly flat. Yeah, exactly. Those and uh, those really seem to to stick to me with certain style riffs. Now, if you know other stuff and cording and stuff like that, you know, a, a 16 is about as you know as curved as I'll get. I don't like the Fender Gibson 12 or or anything like that. It's way too fucking curvy for me. It's just weird. Uh, action sits weird to me. So those are some of the things. I've been, I've been really meaning because that that flatter um, fretbreed radius is something that I've been really meaning to try, and I feel like 
the seven you gave me and the eight that I've been playing um, from Ibanez both have that style, that very flat. Yeah, they're 16s. Ibanez is usually 16s. So I would love to get a hold of a 20. So you're going to have to. So I got the Strandberg six string now in drop C, your tuning. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to bring that by the studio and have you fuck around with it uh, set up, you know, because that's a 20 inch fretboard radius. Well, I'm down. So we'll have to have you play around on that for a little while. So it doesn't, it doesn't seem like you need too many, or at least you don't have a, you don't have a um, long list of preferences. You like to be able to float between different uh, needs that your guitars, your different guitars fill out. Yeah, and, and, and I think that just stems, uh, that's what fuels my constant changing of gear is, uh, you know, there's so many things that I like. Um, I'm still learning, you know, these things that I like. I mean, the the baritone and, uh, you know, fretboard radius things are things that I learned probably, you know, a few years back when I built my first custom Kiesel, um, you know, realizing that, oh, fuck, I don't know what fretboard radius I like. That's a fucking thing. I didn't know I got to choose, you know, and working with my guitar tech, Vince, um, you know, with uh, string gauges and, and tension and, you know, uh, progressive tension and, you know, uh, uh, equal tension, which is what I tend to like and stuff like that and all the different things that affect that and stuff. Um, you know, again, we could send the podcast on three hours. If you want to talk about that, this dangerous question, but as far as must do's, uh, when it comes to the bridge, it's got to have that access. I hate the fucking sidewall. I can't do uh, a bridges. I I can play them, but not comfortably at all. Um, so that's, that's a 100% must other guitars that have, you know, that others can't do it. Um, and then, you know, Again, the baritone is a preferred, but not a must. Uh, but I also like a very good upper fret access, too, because I'm just one of those fucking guys that's stupid will sit there and wank on a guitar just nonsensically with no sort of benefit whatsoever. <laughs> For sure. And, and no, 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 that's totally okay. And that, like I said, that's why like I've been playing the ESPs for a while. I got these Ibanezes, and they feel so goddamn comfortable. Um, I really want to get that fr iron label in my hand because i feel like that might be really awesome um i still want to touch those legators and feel how those you know i keep hearing those are the balance between esp and ibanez um that's what i'm hearing too so i'm, I'm really this, excited for that for that reason this is the week to go do it yep definitely okay last one for you we're gonna have a we're gonna we're gonna get one more in yes so the original question <laughs> the original question oh no where would where would you go if the zombie apocalypse happened right this second? <laughs> Your question, which guitar would you grab if the zombie apocalypse happens right this second? The Strandberg. That's, that's, that's it. It's over right there. <laughs> but don't you have like three Strandbergs? Yeah, the six string probably currently. Okay, that's it's what I was going to say. It's getting the most use. You didn't answer. <laughs> you didn't really answer. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, the most. You're like Strandberg's like, oh, so you're going to grab all three of them? <laughs> yes. Dude, I, you know, I'd probably get creative. I, and realistically, I'm saving my family, but if I had to choose a guitar, that's the one that's happening. <laughs> that's a great fucking question. There's no, there's no music in the zombie apocalypse, Larry. Yeah, <laughs> what are you going to kill with that? I will everything fucking, maybe you know what maybe i should be carrying something more like the ibanez that has a little more heft to it that i can knock something out <laughs> there you go <laughs> you know 
All right. So it's it's like a BC rich. It's got a point on it. Exactly. Oh God, that would be a great zombie apocalypse guitar. And then you could like fucking, have you ever seen, um, deathgasm? Yes. Dude, that movie's fucking great. It just made me think of that. (laughs) Um, fuck dude. All right. Let's, let's get you, uh, let's get you some questions here. Um, Man, I didn't prepare at all for this. <laughs> and there's all these like really deep questions. I'm like, I don't fucking ask all. We don't. Them. I don't. I don't know if we got time today for deep. We, That's we what I'm saying. Go, we can go a little deep. Yep. You can get the tip. We can get the tip. Uh, <laughs> but but you'd have to wait on the other three inches. Oh no! <laughs> like like there's stuff like when was the last time you cried? <laughs> like, when was the last time? You, when was the last time you cried playing guitar? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> when was the last time you cried playing guitar? All the time because I'm terrible. <laughs> That's fucking perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. Um. Jeez, <sighs> there's so many good ones on here. Uh, but everyone that I see is like really stupid, like coffee or tea. Like, who's sitting there asking this during a like a first date? Like, this is some of these are the most awkward first dates. Uh, Dude, I haven't I haven't been on a first date in so long, so it's like at this point, if it's not Tinder, like I don't even know if I would know how to ha- have a conversation. Yeah, my last first date was almost ten years ago. So, yeah. uh, all right, what's the stupidest thing you've ever done for love? Uh, but okay. we'll just substitute that for music. What's the stupidest thing I've ever done for music? Yeah. Be in a, be in a band. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> there it is. Don't even elaborate. If no, you... that's it. Yeah, yeah, I posted a fucking good meme this morning. And it you, was, it was you did, and, and that's why there's no need to elaborate. Uh, if you don't follow Mark, you go follow Mark right now, and you'll find out. By the way, his stories are hilarious all day long. At... At straighted sixty three on Instagram. There you go. All right. What is the? Um, wh- all right. The the original question. When was the last time life left you breathless? When was the last time a band left you breathless? Whether it was the Ooh. album or a live stage show. The la- the the last time. The last time. Not not the most memor- memorable time. The last time. Okay. The last time. Um. The last time was. Probably, oh, probably coming across the Secret Band EP. Um, if you don't know Secret Band, uh, Dance Gavin Dance has another project called Secret Band, and it's basically the same guys minus I think like the drummer and the clean singer. Um, that's yeah, it's a it's a slightly different lineup, and that uh, record was heavy and and messy and groovy and fun and really was like it really like gave me some confidence back in like oh yeah like this music can be successful i'm gonna have to check that out because i have never heard of that before secret band give it give it a look i will definitely give that a look because that or you know what i'll 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 link it because i'm right in front of the computer i'll link it to you as soon as we get out get off this conversation yeah that'll be perfect so I think that that was three. I mean, I could roast you all day with uh, with deep, meaningful uh, first date questions, like we're going to yeah. smash later. But uh, but but realistically, we're going to smash anyway. So <laughs> well, dude. I mean, there are videos on this for the listeners <laughs> that don't have that yet. Pretty soon, it's going to get gross. For sure. <laughs> all right. So um, thank you for listening to Keep Chugging, episode twenty four. 
Yeah, buddy. We're going to go have fun at Nam, and we'll let you know what's up. Yeah, we're going to go kill Nam and, and um, hopefully not come back with uh, Namthrax or, or STIs. PTSD. Different kind of Nam. Um, Wait a second. Whatever, whatever you want to call it, we'll come back with something. <laughs> All right. We're done. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Peace.